Hello everyone and thank you for listening to Sonoma Parenting 101. I am Barbara Pappas, your host for today. Today we will talk about communication. Communication is such a big subject that I will focus on a few aspects especially relevant to early childhood education. And communication is one of the characteristics of our families, and it is the medium, the tool, that ties the other characteristics together. So we cannot not communicate. All behavior says something. Even silence is a message. So within our family, we work out by communicating, spoken or unspoken, our roles, our rules, our boundaries, who holds the power, etc. Similar to the boundaries, communication can be more open or more closed. Open communication often means the message is clear, it's honest and direct. People just let you know where they stand. On the other hand, a more closed or limited communication is expressed more subtly, more anger maybe, or judgment, accusations. And sometimes there is very little congruence between what a person feels and what they say or what they do. I remember from several years back, I was sitting with a parent and they were talking to me about something that really hurt them deeply. It was a family situation and it was not only physical pain, it was also emotional pain. And the entire time the person was smiling and that told me a little bit about the style of communication that that person had chosen and also the level of communication she chose. Communication has a lot to do with our culture, our ethnicity, how we express ourselves more openly or more closed. And that reminds me Uh, that only 17% of communication is verbal, words. So over 80% of our communication is body language, eye contact or the lack of eye contact. Of course, the tone, the volume, the speed of our voice or heavy, thick silence, raised eyebrows, or slumping the body over in disappointment or exasperation, maybe a stern look. Communication also is a light touch on the arm, a hug, or an ever so slightly physical distance, for example, when we greet somebody. So our primary communication is actually more what we do. A few years back, I read a quote, and it stuck with me. The problem with communication is 
that we want to reply. Listening is an art. There is a powerful book out there. I highly recommend it. It is not about ECE, early childhood education. It is about big subjects in life. And it is called Listening is an Act of Love. It works really well when we communicate to our children rules without a heavy emotional charge. For example, you can say to your child, you will have time to play after you get dressed and eat breakfast. If you choose not to get dressed, you are choosing this consequence. And that is your choice. So as a parent, you just have to make sure that you pick a consequence that you can see through. And the child might test you more than once on that. When there is an emotional charge, let's say the child has a tantrum at home or at the store, and we feel that he's, heat rise up inside of us, it's a really good idea to just have a game plan. Be prepared for situations like that, especially when it's public. Remove yourself and the child from the situation. Say as little as possible and try to be as neutral with all your body language as possible. And put them in their car seat. Let's say you're out in public. Keep them safe. Maybe you need to stay outside the car for a minute and just cool off, breathe, uh, whatever works for you. Drive home. Maybe you're still charged up or maybe everything happened at home and you just go into your bedroom or bathroom. You might lock yourself in if your child is safe outside. And wait until that emotion passes. And when you feel more in control over yourself again. Words and action can hurt. And we don't want to say or act in any way that later on we regret. It is good to be familiar with that neutral place inside of us. And we know from that place we communicate well. Remember, this is also modeling and we know from our own upbringing that we have learned certain ways to communicate just by watching our parents and adults in our life. Nobody ever came to us and said, hey, listen, in about three to five seconds, I will jump up and down, flare my arms, and very questionable vocabulary will stream out of my mouth loud and fast. No, of course not, never. We just watched them act and act out repeatedly, over years. And we took that as, oh, okay, so this is how I am supposed to behave. And all of us have habits of communication we can improve on. We can gradually develop a more neutral place of communicating. And there we have more clarity and we model behavior we like 
and we like our children to learn. So let's ask a couple of questions for communication. What is our predominant communication style within our family? And do family members understand what is felt and said and done? Is there a clear nonverbal communication? I want to extend communication just a tiny bit into relationships because much in life has to do with relationships. I have two sons, they're now in their late 20s and mid-30s, and I often have said to them, hey, our relationship is strong enough, we will make it through whatever it was at the time. And to build that strength within a relationship just takes time. So right now, when you have young children, put little bricks in every day. Make it a habit to establish communication styles that you like, that you aspire to and you value. And then over time, you will build those strong relationships. In relationships, it is important to show respect. There have been so many difficult situations I've been in uh, with parents or co-workers or, of course, within my family. And at those times, I tell myself, I'm just going to listen. Maybe it's the beginning of a long process of arriving at a decision. And today... I don't expect a result. I will just listen with respect. Sometimes we just have to decide, is it important enough to give it all that intention and make that effort? It's like we have to pick our battle. And, of course, with children, we have so many situations. And if children choose negative attention, uh, maybe it just needs to be ignored. And that's good modeling because in terms of brain development, if the child goes for negative attention, let's say again it's a tantrum or they kick and scream or they don't want to eat or get dressed or they come out of their room for the 17th time at bedtime, to ignore it, not give them any attention and just whistle along and just be happy with whatever you do and then... It goes, oh, I'm not getting any attention. Hmm. Okay, I'm just not going to do that anymore. And of course, these are very specific situations and examples. And sometimes it works and sometimes it needs something else like a consequence, whatever it might be. If we get overwhelmed with whatever the situation or the issue is, let's just focus on one aspect one issue at a time and we might repeat that and we polish it over with good communication skills and then we can move on to the next issue, focus on a second part of it. Everybody has a different perspective and 
there is a picture in my mind that I I really like. It really works for me, and I have told that my sons and two parents as well that we're all standing on top of a mountain, and all of us have a different view. Some of our views are very, very similar because we stand side by side and we see just about the same. Some of us stand on that mountain with our backs to each other and we see completely different things. All of us are right. All of us are correct with our point of view. And we can circle around slowly, little by little, on that mountaintop and take in different views. We see a forest, we see the desert, we see a lake, the ocean, we see trees, we see cities. And it is just a good practice to try to take in somebody else's point of view. We don't have to agree It's just stepping into their shoes and say, okay, I'm just going to give you a minute, 20 seconds, and I just try to see and feel what what it is like from where you are right now in life. Often we just have to lighten up. It it just required humor, and we crack a joke about it. You know, we are tactful and appropriately... If we are very familiar with the person, we just say, hey, come on, here we are again. It's the hundreds and thirteens time, and let's just drop it. Uh, for all of us, there are certain things that just don't work. Nobody likes preaching or lecturing or blaming or shaming, of course. It's not good modeling, anyhow. It puts people on the defensive, and it closes the doors. In communication and in early childhood education, we want to keep the doors open. Sometimes we make tremendous effort and we unlock doors and inch by inch we open that door a little bit. And again, that refers to those relationships. We need to build them over time. It takes time, sometimes decades And little by little, we make progress to establish a habit of respectful and open communication that includes a great deal of listening. I like to acknowledge children, co-workers, parents, family members, sometimes even people I don't know at all, let's say at a store, I buy something or I'm at a park and see somebody And I learned that when I realized that I wanted to be acknowledged. And that is a favor I give back to our community. It is a good starting point to get into more critical or heavy subjects. When the person I sit with feels acknowledged, they feel safe with me. And in the end, both of us know It's going to be okay. So communication is a tremendous skill to learn. And we need to make effort and consistency in learning that skill. And 
our children will thank us for it by being able to model us, model good communication. And it is something we can feel really good about for ourselves. So much for communication today. Next time we will take a talk and a look at the fundamental needs of man. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoy it. Until then.